Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Still Growing in Grace. I'm glad you're taking time to join me. It's bright and early here in Elmira, Ontario, 8 a.m.-ish on Wednesday morning. If you're watching, make a comment. Let me know you're watching. Say hello and all that fun stuff. Um... I got some pretty cool stuff uh, this week and next week. We got a two-part discussion on deconstruction wisdom. Um, And the more... Hey, good morning, Becky. Yay, Becky's watching. Um, The more I am um, going down a path... I won't call it the path of deconstruction because that's not the path we're on. I think we're on the path of discipleship. We're on a path of growing deeper in our understanding and along the way um, we learn new things it's like in public school Um, you learn arithmetic but then you move on to multiplication then you move on to all kinds of stuff or you go into the sciences or you go into geography and you learn things you've never learned before you learn about your physical health uh, how your body changes from teen as a teenager well if you're not told you don't know So maybe deconstruction is about awakening to things you didn't know. I just just thought of that. That that that's an even better lens than using the word deconstruction. And it's okay to use it. People identify with that word. Um, But as more and better and clearer and more accurate information arises. What do you do with it? Do you toss it? Do you say, nope. Hey, Linda, good morning. Yay, hey, Linda's watching. Um, what do you do? Do you, do you toss it? Do you go, no, that's just not true? Um, I've been having discussions with folks that have uh, um, continued to grow in their faith. Um, in fact, part of the discussion was reminiscing back to when um, uh, we're far more, I, I'll use the word legalistic, where it was about doing the rules, following it, or God won't be pleased. Those are the basic um, legalism rules that uh, many of us that are watching have have moved on from or deconstructed churchianity, uh, if you want to use that term. But there's more to this. There are deeper levels of understanding. When I first discovered my identity in Christ, um, it, it really was launched uh, with a Bob George book and a book Grace Walk as well. Um, and by reading these two books back to back, I, for the first time in my life, knew I was forgiven. And I had been pastoring for seven years already, or eight years, or even 10 years. What? I'd been a pastor, went to Bible college, and still didn't know I was forgiven? That's bizarre. Can you imagine the unlearning that had to happen? Now I had to go look at all those verses that said I wasn't forgiven. I couldn't find any. (laughs) But I was told that. If we have been taught a deep-seated belief or theology... Um, it's going to be hard to receive something new. I, I, uh, I just saw a meme from the naked pastor, um, um, where it said something like, it, it, God is not bound by your, th- actually, you know what? I'm going to look it up because 
I don't want to mess this one up. David Hayward, that's it. Um, here we go. Let me look it up. I, it was a really good cartoon. Uh, David Hayward. There we go. What did he write? Sorry for the slowness here. Um, here it is. We say the grave could not contain him, but believe our theology can. That's a great Easter one. We say the grave could not contain him, but believe our theology can. Your theology must grow. It has to keep growing. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I am... Okay, then I moved on. The forgiveness was just, was just one part. Then I started to understand New Covenant, Old Covenant. Well, that was a big leap. And then I understood... It just got deeper and deeper. And then I had to revisit end times. What? Wait a minute. End times? I was told the world's come to an end and, and cheered on. Then that led me to take a deeper look at the topic of hell that it's maybe it's not what we were told maybe there's a much deeper more ancient perspective perspective that i was never told am i going to reject something because i i, I hadn't heard it before it sounds wrong it's okay to then you know after deep study and exploration still reject it that that's totally different than just saying nope sounds wrong and on you go but i'm going to say i think the holy spirit has us on a journey and we're going to learn and unlearn. Uh, uh, don't be afraid of it. So I uh, had a good conversation today um, uh, or this week with uh, Richard Murray and Bill Thrasher. And we, we were talking about some of the pitfalls of deconstruction. Can you overswing or overrun the bases? What does it look like? And again, the reason we're having this discussion, it seems like we're having it a few times. There's a lot of us that are struggling with watching some loved ones overrun bases and just run away willy-nilly almost to the point of deconstructing jesus completely or the bible and say it's it, they're they're absolutely useless to the point of absolute atheism um and yet individuals that have done some of that mock the church mock believers while still trying to be buddy buddy it, it just doesn't make sense it's almost an attention getting trip I want to be more loving, and I hope that by the time you hear this conversation today, and I'm going to watch it with you because I, I forget some of it. Mary Nye, good morning, good coffee. Oh, yeah. Hey, I got my coffee. I am, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, Connie, I see you're watching. If you're still watching, say hello. Um, it's great to see you there as well. Um, and Linda, I think you're down in Chatham Way. Um, Okay, let's get into this conversation. This is going to be a good one. It's not that long. I think it's like 35 minutes. Um, I'm trying to keep the programs to like 35, 40 minutes because it's really hard to watch a full hour. But I had been showing some of the forgiveness conference materials and they were much longer. So um, that's my goal to stick to a 30 minute, 35, 40 minute at the max. Um, it's a lot easier to take in. You guys, listen in. I'm watching with you. So comment uh, if you like something and uh, that'd be pretty cool. I'll, uh, I'm listening here with you. Here we go. All right. It's been a little while since we did a, a recording together because we had the forgiveness conference uh, at the beginning of the year. This is literally the, I think the first, no, we did second one. We did with uh, Bob Engel uh, last time too. Um, but uh, welcome Richard and Bill. I'm glad you could join me today on Still Growing in Grace. And we've had some discussions recently um, observing friends of ours online and how they process good news, how they process bad news, um, the ups and downs of it. And 
it's just been interesting to watch and our personalities respond differently. And uh, I thought it'd be important to talk about, again, I, the term deconstruction um, is, is still really important. Some people don't like it at all and that's okay. Um, I'm leaning towards the term discipleship. Oh my goodness. That's oh, all no. this is. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's a deconstruction is a great term, but not everybody's going to like it. And it's been hijacked by, evangelicals that um, uh, misunderstand what it is and put their own definition on. So I don't want to be hijacked by somebody else's definition. So there is unlearning to do, you know, I had, uh, I don't know. We'll say hello first guys. And then we'll, we'll kind of banter back and forth. So. Well, hello. <laughs> Brother, <laughs> that was deep. <laughs> oh, here, okay. Hello first guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes, the dad jokes. We're bringing them, right? It, oh, it no. only gets better from here. We'll, we'll... <laughs> oh man! Well, so I had this uh, um, experience in the last couple of years. Uh, not so much during COVID, obviously, but I've had people come to my church. I still pastor a church. I'm still in a, um, a Sunday morning church. Some people would call it traditional, and there's some tradition to it, but the content is not traditional. And so how do you merge that? And I've had people show up eager to hear a different perspective than what they grew up with or where they had been going to. They heard that Hope Fellowship's a little bit different or Mike Zenker's a bit different. <laughs> you know, that kind of a, I know it's true, but, um, but it's fun when, when they're there because it makes me remember and hear and think through the lens of the listener, not me trying to project an agenda. And I thought, hey, maybe that's part of the problem of the deconstruction community, that they're trying to push an agenda that was never there to push. You know, maybe they're, they're trying to diss something and distance themselves from their leg. <laughs> you, you can't cut off your leg, and yet they're trying to point to their toe and go, that's not me. Well, yeah, it is. Paul Young did it brilliantly. He says, those are my people. Uh, whoa, okay, there's a humility and calling them my people and not trying to rise above and superior, mm -hmm. but rather blend with this. These are my people. Some are weird and some are great, you know? And what do you think? Like, I, I think there's something to be had about that and that we need to at least explore a little bit. What have you guys seen? Yeah, I, no, I fully do. I fully agree. And, and, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into the nuances of this, but um one of the things that I think humanity and, and it's a, it, there's an individual aspect, there's a um, almost a, a familial, a family aspect, and then there's almost like a corporate aspect, right? I see like three buckets, like how you progress individually is one thing, how maybe a smaller community, a family uh, progresses is a different thing altogether, and then there's the corporate identity of the bride of Christ that's progressing even a different way, right? And they're not always three in the same place, and Sometimes I think deconstruction, discipleship, um, growth, whatever you want to call it, is muddled in, in one person's interpretation of one of those things, somebody else's interpretation of another one of those things, right? And, and sometimes I think just a conversation like this to, to even just articulate, listen, the individual journey may be different than the family journey, may be different than the corporate journey. So just saying that gives people like this, oh. So there's room for all that? <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, right? And, and we even see this so beautifully modeled 
in in the scriptures, even in the in the in what I would call the gospels and even the, the new 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 Testament, right? The canon, you see the individual kind of enlightening, awakening of different individuals at different points in times to different truths. Um, you, you see kind of a collective movement and then you see this, you know, corporate movement begin to establish. And um, the word discipleship, I'm going to, I'll give you my definition of disciple because I think discipleship for me is a single phase of that. It's not that I've, I've heard it called the entire thing. And I think there's an element of the entire thing to it, but I have a very weird definition of disciple. My definition of a disciple is in a very committed, yet also very confused follower <laughs> of Jesus. What? You, you don't have all the answers? <laughs> well, and even confused in, in, a, in a, and I mean that in like a, a legitimate way. If you look at the disciples pre-cross primarily and just post-cross the first several years when they were still kind of referred to as disciples, they walked with an S eschatological confusion they were all expecting the kingdom to come to earth and be like conquering like they they had a messianic uh, uh confusion they had uh, a legalistic confusion they had a lot of confusion that we still see today in individuals and in families and even corporately and so there's a lot of discipleship that still needs to happen these people believe in the person of jesus they are my people as paul says right but there's confusion and 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 the cool thing is, I think even scripturally speaking, those disciples ultimately, the, the majority of them, you know, graduated, for lack of a better word, in maturity into apostleship. They became apostles, right? They became more grounded in the beautiful truths of Jesus and what he was you know, unveiling about God the Father, what he was unveiling about each one of us as, as sons of God. And so I say sons, not men, but, you know, heirs. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think that just, and, and they did, they had to unlearn a bunch of crap that left them in confusion in the Jewish legalistic mind and then grow into this new understanding of a better revelation of God, a better covenant uh, that has been, you know, revealed. Hmm. Well, I, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of jump in the stream at this from a different angle. And I, I really, I, I agree with everything both both of y'all just said, and I don't disagree with any of it. <laughs> but when 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 I but when I look at the deconstruct this deconstruction thing, it's really, um, it's really stunning to me because even though we might all be called deconstructionists, we couldn't be further apart. A lot of us couldn't be further apart in our <laughs> theology. I mean, we're, we're simply not, it's not the same thing. And it, even within, and I'm not one of those guys that thinks atheism um, is, is a good thing, you know, that it's better than false religion. I think it's just as bad. I mean, it may, you know, <laughs> my, my, my whole belief is centered on one concept, and that is that Christ may be made preeminent mm -hmm. in all things. If that's the stream and the direction we're going, yeah. Whether it's deconstruction or whether it's not, if, if it's holding on to the traditional uh, thing that blessed us, but then but then deconstructing the falseness out of it, you know, however you want to say it. But I, it crushes me to, to if I'm brutally honest, that so much of, of the problem with deconstruction is 
is that they are not preaching Christ at all. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that they are chilling towards Christ, that they are going away from Christ. And, and I know the common thing is, well, we, the Christ we were worshiping was the fundamentalist Christ. It wasn't the real Christ. Yeah, but you just said it. It wasn't the real Christ. So why, why are you abandoning Christ altogether? And um, I, I think there's so much danger here. And it's so that's, uh, it's, so that's not really deconstruction then. It, no, it's just, no, I, just yeah. And and uh, so so I I think and, and they start joking about Jesus. I, I would call it destruction. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah Agree. Destruction. They're just lobbing grenades, or they're taking a jackhammer to the foundations of their belief systems and and pulverizing them to dust. That's there is a difference between. What growth and, and dismantling or disassembling aspects of our faith and growing them and building them into a more Christ-like and more beautiful image. Do you remember? Like, do you remember yeah. going to school and there were some teachers that were mature, kind, and they they saw through the pain of kids and and had a deeper compassion, empathy. Then there were the other teachers, maybe younger that were new and following the rules and the rule book and no, you got to learn this way. And, and they were harsh. They didn't care about the kids. They cared about the lessons and you can tell them apart in a heartbeat. Right. So in this lens, then I, in my mind, I'm, I'm hearing that those who are looking like Jesus I would trust them to listen to a little bit more. If they don't look like Jesus, run. That's good. That's good. And, you know, I, I heard this term. I'm a fantasy football nut. I am a fantasy. My, my son and I, we are, we are addicts. I, you know, I'm almost ashamed to admit this. I listen to a fantasy football network probably three or four hours a day when I'm driving, when I do this. It's all about fantasy football. And I listened to a guy named the uh, the guru. He's a fantasy guru. His name is John Hansen, and he's just, he's just so funny. I mean, it's a great. But he used a term the other day that really got me thinking. And the term he's talking about Carson Wentz, uh, the quarterback. Uh, I think uh, he used to be the Eagles' quarterback, and then he was for Indianapolis last year. But he said if Carson would just stop playing hero ball, all right. And I said hero ball, huh? So I looked up in the Urban Dictionary what hero ball was. And uh, it, it's really started off with basketball, but here's what the definition is. It's a style of basketball played by a person with average or mediocre talent who nonetheless believes he is the second coming of Michael Jordan. It involves lots of ball hogging, mindless spinning and jumping, and taking a bunch of highly contested fadeaway jumpers that almost never go in. Wow. Well, I started thinking about some of, the, some of this deconstruction. People, these, some of these guys and girls are playing hero ball. They're just gyrating around. They're just making careless, reckless statements, aiming at more and more controversy. It's, it's as though they think they're being judged by the controversial shots they're making. And, and it never goes in the hoop. I mean, it never goes in the hoop. You know, and, and, and the hoop that, that we're all shooting for is this Christ be made preeminent, that they may know Christ. You know, that they may fellowship, that they may be led by his spirit in all things, and they may be quickened by his spirit, and they may be blessed by his spirit, that they may merge with his spirit and be prompted by his spirit and toward his spirit and from his spirit. And all these things, that's the who. And yet, you will never, and all these guys controversial post, all they do is say what's wrong. They mock, they exaggerate, they caricature, 
they don't give respect to the other side and then they get hypersensitive if they get criticized and and i just think it's it's theological hero ball mm. and um I, I think when we start just trying to sound controversial to so that people will look at us you know and 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 we'll look up well look how brave a thing that was he just said well, if it's not exalting Christ or orbiting around Christ, then then it it's it, it's a poor you know it, it's a poorly it's a poorly conceived shot, and it's it's just trying to you know make themselves look better. And and you know, and, and I posted on this the other night, but you know at the end of it, what I thought to myself, I said, "Oh dear God, I can actually see myself." having done that before oh yeah and, <laughs> yeah and, and i said oh god no. you know because that's one that's one way to know if you're really hearing jesus he will direct you to your own eye uh and especially when i was younger i mean you know i i, I would do that i would ball hog you know and <laughs> give me the ball you know and i'd want to take it and i didn't need to pass it off i was going to drive to the hoop I mean, I was that way on the basketball court. I, I, I was bad. They used to call me Ground Jordan because I couldn't jump. And it was, a, it was an insult <laughs> instead of Air Jordan. <laughs> and I always stuck my tongue out. But, but I'll, I'll, I've always done that. That's another story. Even when I play pool, I stick my tongue out. But anyway, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just um, – I lost my train of thought there. Well, <laughs> yeah, take, I'll take over. Sure. Well, this is – Jesus did that with his disciples. That's, to me – a model leader. And I was just thinking of mentorship uh, uh, as you were talking there, because I wonder how many individuals have no mentor. There were young individuals that were coming into the grace message as I was growing up and some had no mentors to guide and have conversations with. So they would just spill all their theology, by the way, don't do that. <laughs> you know, don't process your theology publicly until you've wrestled with it privately. Exactly. I have, I've got some really good mentors in my life that have modeled that. Um, and regardless of where we're at in our relationship, they modeled something really important and I've never forgotten it. And so I, I think we might need better mentors around too. You know, your well, mentors should not be your, your mentors yeah. should not be your buddies. That goes back to that discipleship, right? Where you want people who are further along ahead of you in the journey, maybe not right beside you, because when you're right beside you, that might, guy might turn left. The other guy right beside you may turn right. You don't know which way, you know, having somebody on the, on the milestone ahead of you or more that you're kind of, okay, you know, that's safe. There's no landmines on this path. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of, you know, and, and you help avoid that destruction, not deconstruction, but destruction, right? We don't want to napalm all of our theology. Um, that, that said, I think what Richard and I are talking about here are really the opposite ends of this very broad, huge spectrum of, of, options and that's that you said that right at the beginning mike it's not one thing anymore you know this isn't no matter what we term in term we use deconstruction discipleship growth progressivism and uh, it's not one thing it is this it is this myriad of things and we're all getting lumped in sometimes with the worst common denominators um regardless of what you think that may be what i may think that may, may be i think that you know the evangelical world who has a desperation it's it's obvious. You're seeing it in the numbers. I saw a statistic today that 49% of people who still consider themselves Christians no longer attend any local church. 49% still claim the faith of Christianity are done with effectively the Institute. That's up 
20 something percent in like since 2008. Mm. I mean, it's crazy numbers. There's something going on in that institutional thing that's unhealthy. It's a tomb. It's, a, it's unhealthy. There's no, it's, there's no it's, life it's, in it. It's, and it's, it's clear as day if you just look at what's happening, right? So that there's a need for that message of what, you know, has been heavily influenced by Calvinism, neo-Calvinism, right? Western theology, whatever you want to call it, Augustinianism, all that stuff is, it's got some toxicity in it. And, and it has to be discipled out of there, or it's got to be deconstructed and reconstructed. But nuking it is an other extreme. And when you see people nuking it, these people that are beholden to that get hypersensitive and they, they're going to build bigger walls. They're going to be stronger defenses to try and keep what, you know, power they believe they have and maintain it controlled as long as they can. And that's, that's the dichotomy we're dealing with. You're dealing with people that are, 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 you know, grounded on one side and there's people who are just going wild on the other side and, and, and destroying everything. So the fortifications become stronger over here. The, the weapons become stronger over here and, and this war is not really finding and that there's innocent people in the middle. Right. I mean, is it a swapping of absolutes? Do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think too, that, um, uh, you know, Martin Luther King said, if you stay silent, you know, while something, you know, is wrong is going on, you become complicit in it. And that's not always the case, but I, I love the courage that he said when he said that. And see, I think what needs to happen, at least on one level, is I, I don't want to be divisive, but at the same time, I think people are assuming when they see a sarcastic, uh, you know, kind of blowhardy condescending, arrogant, controversial spirit in this thing that's attacking, 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 attacking. And we stand by and we don't at least try to distance ourselves from it, that we try to say, well, that's not the stream we're coming from. It's okay to say we're in a different stream. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I, I think people are going to, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm just challenging myself, but challenging us, challenging whoever wants to hear it, we need to say, well, wait a minute. I don't bear witness with that. I, I don't. I don't like the presentation of it. I don't. I don't bear spiritual witness with it. You know, ultimately, at the end of the day, that's that's what we're supposed to be going by is our spiritual witness. And I don't hear these guys preach Jesus at all. And uh, you know, he's you know, the most they might ever say is Jesus didn't say that or Jesus didn't do that. But I mean, there's more to Jesus than that. I mean, there is this living God thing that's you know right here in our midst. That's that's orchestrating our thoughts if we'll let if we'll let him, and uh, you know th there's a there's a metaphysic behind this too that you know that that we we all believe in the spirit life right we believe in the spirit world you know and then we may not agree on the precise ontology of all the things that are there but we know there's a different reality than than what we're walking in now a reality behind the reality where there's there's wondrous things mysterious things. Um, you know, awesome things and, and uh, things that don't, that make quantum physics, you know, look like, you know, uh, romper room <laughs> elementary school. There's dynamics of, of the kingdom of God that are out there that are exciting and swirling about in the heavens. And there's, there's a lack of poetic uh, beauty, imagination, and, and uh, relying on, on the intu you know, on intuition and, and, uh, and all these things, the mystery of life. And I am telling you that when I hear so many of these progressives get together and talk, there's no mystery to it. There's no thrill. There's no love. 
it's toxic negative energy. And well, that, I, I, I'll throw that gauntlet down. Even in that quantum world, throw it, you know, there is a way, there's an attention, it feels like, to take the mysterious, to take the poetic, to take the unbelievably beautiful and quantify it in a scientific formula that you can just, you know, pop these quiffs and this wave and I can, and, and I'm in control and that. Uh, yeah, yeah. The opposite of what the quantum world's telling us. It's saying there's this uncertain, swirling gold yes. glory, and we can't grasp it, and we can never manipulate it, and we have to just relinquish everything unto it and trust its goodness over our own efforts. And and we we invert it. Oh, and I yep. see it all the time. People inverting the entire point. So back to the quantum for fun. I. Yeah. Uh, this is not in contradiction to what you're saying, but I think when we've been hearing from certain people explaining some of it at a um, regular education level, <laughs> you or know, helping yeah. like creating an understanding that we weren't uh, made aware of suddenly this quantum physics language um, gives language to some things that have been unexplained in scripture, Of course, but it, it, it the, the quantum in and of itself is not the gospel. No, but no. it's a way of explaining that fits in the quiver now, and I'm for it. But it's, an allegory. Allegory. it's an allegory. It's yeah. an allegory. It's an allegory, exactly. And, but and the so, second we also bring language, yep. humans do this all the time. Yep. We bring rigidity. We bring formula. We want to control we bring all these other things, religion, call it whatever. We bind ourselves to it, and all of a sudden we think we grasp it. And again, this isn't meant to sound rude. 90% of the people who I know that talk about quantum physics are quantum physicists. <laughs> they're not. They're, they're guys who've read a book or two. They've grasped a couple really elementary concepts and then they run with them as, as kind of pseudo experts. And the reality is the true quantum physicists, they're the ones that are laughable that say, we don't understand this thing at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember seeing, uh, we may have talked about this before, but I remember seeing a, a quantum physicist uh, talk, a famous one in the 70s and 80s. That was contacted by these uh, rock, uh, these uh, uh, musicians. Uh, I can't forget which like the Doors. I don't, I don't think it was the Doors. They were like the Doors, and they were getting all this quantum physics stuff, and they were trying to make it literal to the spirit realm. This is exactly how the spirit realm works. And uh, the physicist said, "Well, you know, they they had some really interesting ideas. It was interesting." And, and the interviewer said, "Well, did you ever? Did anything ever happen spiritually?" you know, from it, you know, and he said, no, not really. <laughs> but he said they had some, you know, applications. But I, I took it to mean that he was just talking about, you know, they were using it as an analog, you know, as an analogy of, of what of what uh, things may be like in the spirit. Like the king, like Jesus using parables. It's kind of like quantum physics on, you know, on that. But it's just yeah. to express another point, you know, behind, on, 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 the, on the spiritual level. And and, uh, and, and see, if we're not careful, then we, then we can let that replace, uh, you know, that becomes another thing of the word of faith, the way you were describing it, Bill. You know, you create your own reality. Quite, if you just observe it, it'll happen. Well, no, there's a lot more to it than that. I mean, that, it is an observer's universe, but come on. Who's, not, who's the primary observer? Yeah. <laughs> not me. <laughs> well, we're looking through a keyhole, right? Yeah. Looking through a keyhole at, at one little glimpse of something that we have no possibility to fathom in our lifetimes to the what the, the glory of the entirety of whatever that is behind that door. And it's beautiful that we have this 
you know, tiny new vantage point. That's a cool thing. We get to see something that nobody ever has seen before, but at the same token to act like we can uh, and, and unfold and, uh, and tell everything going on behind that door, it's, it's a little bit arrogant. It well, really is. <laughs> and really, you know, the way Greg Boyd teaches it, you know, it says that, that with the universe, what it shows is at a subatomic level that there's uncertainty, mm-hmm. you know, quantum uncertainty. And yet that we, we, we talk about like it's certain, you know, but, but exactly. the whole thing, you know, it's, it's, his whole thing is using it as an as a allegory, you know, to kind of de- deconstruct predestination and, and, you know, that sort of thing that not everything is determined. Uh, but but I guess all that by way of saying that, um, you know, as we've talked about in some, some of these last sessions, one of the things as, as, as I've gotten older, and I know y'all too, I don't have to be as precise. I don't even want to be as precise. That was when I was, when I was being, when I was playing hero ball, I wanted to be precisely right. Exactly every A, B, C, D, E, subsection, that, that stuff. I wanted to be precisely right. And I had so crucified that need in me to be precisely right. I just want to be roughly right. I want to be in the, you know, I want to have a rough view of it that doesn't take me walking out on a branch until the branch breaks, you know, but I just want to be on the, on the solid, you know, next to the trunk of the tree. I want to be there sitting, knowing that this is the right branch I'm on. I don't have to walk out on it if it won't bear my weight, if I can't bear the weight of it. Yeah. Uh, No, I I agree. And I, I, Mike, just back to your point, I think you know, we did, quantum has given us this new language and that, mm-hmm. that has given us this ability then to reframe so many of those fundamental things that maybe were religious, right? And, and they opened that yes. door for so many people. And so I don't want to, I don't ever want to be overtly, you know, negative toward it, but I also see the pendulum swing to where it becomes its own religion well, itself, right? But that, and, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about yeah. the, the way deconstruction has hijacked really good topics and took it too far. But it's almost like we're still re- yeah, who we are. It's almost like we're still addicted to the religious, you know, fundamentalism. Mm-hmm. We just we just want new language. We want a new practice. We want yeah. a new set of beliefs. But at the end of the day, we still want to be fundamentally attached to that. And I, I actually got into that with somebody recently um, about fundamentalism slash obsession. And they, he was like, "Yeah, obsession still obsession." I was like, "Yeah, but I'm obsessed with Christ." And if, if that's wrong, if me being obsessed with Christ, I, then I'm, I'm okay not being right at this point in time, at least where I, you know, some obsessed and possessed have the same root. Um, yeah. I want to be possessed by the mind of Christ, yes. obsessed with seeing his face in all people and all things. Um, if we're not obsessed with anything, we believe that, you know, we just need to detach. Well, now we're getting into a different philosophy of life and being all together. And, yeah, that's, and- not pre- that's not the preeminence of Christ. And you were talking about discipleship earlier. You know, what I would add to that is that discipleship, disciples, well, let me say it this way. Teachers should teach people that they don't need teachers. Okay. I mean, John kind of says that, doesn't he? You have an anointing from the Holy One and you have no need of a man to teach you. And that doesn't mean early on we don't listen to others. Sure, there's, there's fellowship and there's you know, uh, if someone has a word, you yield to the one who's speaking under the, you know, under the inspiration of the spirit. And sure, there's nothing wrong with, with, with having, uh, you know, models. I have many in my life that have followed me for a time, but I, I'm not a follow me that I followed. Uh, I had three in particular, and they, they were like, hand the baton. I was like, the Lord said, this guy's kind of a, he's, 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 ex- he's really excited about me, but he's kind of an idiot. So just keep handing the baton off. He, I'm going to cure him of his idiocy. And I'm still waiting for the final <laughs> thing on it. 
but uh, but it's it, it's you know it, it is all about Christ, and He needs to become our major. And, and I will sit there and, and it's the same with you guys. I know you both to know know you well enough to know that the person you listen to more than anyone else is Jesus. You know the, the Jesus that lives inside of you. That He is your ultimate uh, discipler. He is your teacher. Yeah. And um and and I think a teacher teaches you and models for you how to hear the voice, how to be open and organic with the promptings of God. Dear Lord, if if if, if the if our teacher isn't teaching us that, we need a new teacher. And that's all the men would ever should show me. I remember I used to have all these opinions that flared up when I was young. I was just baptized in the Spirit and I was excited and I wasn't going to put up with any you know any unholiness and and all this kind of stuff. And my older brother Robert Whitlow, he's um, you know, he's he, he's a Christian, fairly well-known Christian author. He would just kind of nod his head at me, you know, and kind of let me run run my run my zeal out. And then he would ask me a question here, and then he would show me an opposite spirit. And then when I would fall and stumble and do something stupid, he would show me incredible mercy. And I just, I, I began to hear Jesus through him. And then that became a part of me, though, that I, to help me recognize the voice that was within. And, and then, you know, with these other two men uh, that discipled me, it was the same thing It's between the three of them. They each brought me a different component of Jesus's voice. Mm. But as a voice, I then internalized. It wasn't a voice. They didn't teach me doctrine. They taught me the voice. Or dependency, right? Which yes. Then let me bring this to a close with this question for you guys to respond to. To the person who may be afraid right now that they're in a spin cycle, they, they know the, the journey of unlearning, is it, they're on the right journey, but the, some of the voices are scary. Um, what would you say to them? Uh, because they're afraid of overrunning the base or making wrong choices. How would you respond to that? And I think we'll wrap up with that. Go ahead, um, Bill. Yeah, I, th- I think there's, there's, I guess, two key variables. Um, if, if you're becoming dependent on any one voice outside mm. of the Holy Spirit, of Jesus himself, uh, then, you know, having a broader perspective of people who maybe you're, you're listening to different perspectives from is healthy. Uh, Paul said in Thessalonians, test all things, hold on to the good, right? That's one of the verses I've lived by. And it, there's a little scientific method in there, which is beautiful. But right. what, is, what is test all things, hold on to the good. So is the goodness of Christ being uh, exemplified by anything being taught or is dependency on a specific human being and their interpretation being taught. So, and you'll, you'll see this and we've talked about this before. I won't get into it much. Is there this tribal hive mind growing where if you don't agree with the collective, then you're not, then you're not loved and accepted the same way everybody else red flag immediate red flag is there mercy to have a counter perspective inside of this group politically theologically and work through it together or is there just vitriol if there's vitriol then it's probably not a really healthy place and it's maybe worthwhile to step back and start to reevaluate it and maybe listen to some new people that maybe you're not familiar with yeah, I mean, I you know, this might be a time. I, I don't know that I've ever shared with the two of you, but I was actually in a cult for two years. <laughs> You've told me, and uh, it was uh, a very legalistic cult. But and uh, that might be a conversation for another time. But but I would say this: that they, anytime you you encounter a group 
that basically says everything that's gone on before is wrong. This is the new truth of the day. You have to destroy the, the truth and tear down all the idols of what, uh, what, what's gone before. And everyone's been wrong before. And this whole thing, this whole institutional thing is horrible. And it's got to come down. We have to attack it. Everything is wrong. I, I'm telling you, that's a cultic view. Um, there are good things that have happened. There are, Jesus has spoke. Jesus spoke to me when I was at my most religious institutional surrounding. He spoke to me in this cult. He, he, he walked me through it and passed it. Praise God. I was there a short period of time. I often look at it like it was, uh, it was a boot camp for me to learn what legalism was, mm -hmm. you know, and because uh, they stayed in the Old Testament. And th what they did is they condemned every other form of Christianity and basically drew it that if you leave them, you lose your salvation. If you leave, you know, if you leave this particular group. So what I would say to people is there's a there's a passage in Ecclesiastes where it says, with your left hand, hold on to what you've been given. With your right hand, reach for something new. You know, continue to reach. Use both hands. and But hold on to what you've been given. And, um, you know, no matter what, no matter how somebody may be embedded in some uh, religious, you know, uh, what do we want to call it? Uh, an incubator or maybe something where there's no real growth going on or not much growth. There is some growth going on. And there is some life, and, and because that comes between people, believers. And is it hampered by the institution? Sure. Is it hampered by other things? Sure it is. But you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, and, um, you know, you can't, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and just hold on to the good things that are there. And don't let anyone, any sarcasm, anyone scoff. Everything I believe, well, you know, we all three of us have seen commentators who literally one day are preaching Christ and the next day they're saying, I've renounced my faith. And they talk just as much like Bill said, they don't pull off the side of the road, and, you know, catch their breath and reevaluate and test what this new thing they've suddenly renounced. They just get louder and they get more abrasive. And, um, and, you know, we just, uh, I, I wouldn't want somebody that just, you, you know, you talk, what about people that are following that type of model and then and then they just renounce christianity one day and then they keep preaching i mean it, it, it it's it's jolting and uh, and it's like mike what you said earlier you know your deconstruction you gotta you know hey do it for yourself take some time stop entertaining stop playing hero ball with it <laughs> you know stop having to put the most controversial post and you know slow down and, and, and stop know. having and and you know there's people that are the leaders and there are people that follow every controversial post. So yeah. you don't have to be on that end of the equation either. You know, take some take some time to to begin to look for the fruits of the spirit. Because at the end of the day, if it's not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, you know, kind of, I think kind of self control. I, I think I got them all. Um, there are no laws against these things, right? Mm -hmm. If that's the heart of the, the community or the, the, the temporary leadership in place of you, stick with it for a season. But if it's also not growing you to be able to hear, just like you said, Richard, from the, the heart of Christ within you, ultimately to pass through confusion to this place of what I call being a professor, right? I don't believe in confession. I believe in profession, right? I don't, I don't confess my sins. I profess the righteousness of Christ, right? Yeah. We yeah. are, we become professors, right? PhDs in this, this glory of grace and the goodness of God. And when you get there, you don't, you, you kind of start to lose the need to have that, that mentor anymore. And you will find yourself becoming 
one who begins to mentor others, which is exactly the whole point of discipleship. Mentors should be those who don't want to mentor. <laughs> you know, they just, it's just an organic relationship. You know? Yep. Ooh. Ooh, that could smart somebody. Hold on. Oh, I just processed that. <laughs> A lot of truth in that. So you can sign up for my new mentor program. At, uh... <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the chat for this one. This was really healthy. Maybe we'll continue in the next one or do a step into this and continue and then veer off. I have a, another thought in a few minutes, but uh, thanks for this conversation. And we're going to do part two next time. All right. Oh, wow. I hope you enjoyed that. Hoo-wee. I can't, I don't know. This doesn't get old. I love this discussion. I love uh, talking through these, these issues. A um, couple of comments. I want to read Mary Nye's because I thought it was really good. I, I wasn't able to share it on the screen at the bottom because the way I'm I'm live streaming today through OBS. If I was on Restream, I could do that, but I, I can't from OBS. She writes, for me, it has simply been a journey and in it all, I have and in it all, I have in the questioning become aware of the oneness to the point of hearing the words occasionally. Not a good idea, but if you go, I am going with you. Absolute truth. Um, and then uh, uh, Thomas Germain says, us versus them is a big red flag. And that one's tough. Um, it's true. Thomas, you're right. Um, what about no belief at all? That's a good question. And, you know, uh, I think everybody believes something. Sorry. Everyone lives their lives based on their belief of how they, uh, of their concept of who they think God is, of what they think the Bible is, of what they think the church is. Everybody's living from their own think. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just is. And um, to have some something new and exciting and, ooh, I'm, I'm bored with this now and I need to move on to the next. Well, there are some people that are, get bored, almost like spiritual ADHD. And there's nothing solid. And yet, people follow them and they make themselves out to be leaders. Come follow me because I'm going nowhere. I think it's a mess. I, and I I hope people have a little more wisdom. But you know what? It is what it is. And it's like uh, we're not in charge of anyone else's journey. Just use the wisdom that God has given you. Each of us has been given that. Sandy from uh, uh, the UK writes, really enjoyed this. Thanks, Mike and the team. Yeah, I, thank you. Uh, I love it. I love hearing that this is actually helpful or encouraging. If nothing else, this is a fellowship. Still Growing Grace is is really a connection of many folks watching from different places and commenting. Howard Sorrento in BC, good morning to you. I uh, love this. Uh, Sandy writes, I love sharing this good news with others too. Thanks once again. Uh, and I, I can't stop. <laughs> I love doing this. Um, and these conversations are getting bigger, wider, and deeper all the time. Um, part two is next week. I think you're going to love part two. It's it's even better than today's conversation. Because uh, once in a while we get going, right? And um, I don't want it to be a really long video. Um, so that's why the, those conversations are split. But anyway, um, Thomas, you said, what about no belief at all? I, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that comment. But um, there are people that will come to a place of no belief. What does that mean? Well, it's not up to the believer to go convince them. You don't know the journey they're on. Um, I believe the light of Christ shines through all people, and it's not going to look religious all the time. So 
even though people say I've deconstructed uh, God or Jesus and um, they don't believe anything anymore, well, that's fine. They can say that. Quit talking to the Christian community then, you know, because now you're just being ticked off. Instead, uh, I think those individuals still have light in them. I think I, I still see Christ in them. <laughs> and I have a hunch some have been really burned by Christian people. And usually that's a pain that they're speaking from. I, just speaking from experience and from friends I have known. Dan, oh my goodness, from Florida. Yeah, thanks for being in Florida, buddy. I got ice rain right now, just starting. Dude, thanks for chiming in. I was uh, thinking of texting you. Um, yeah, go back and listen. It's been good. Say hi to Shelly, please. Uh, it's so cool that you're chiming in. Yay! Um, yeah, I'm using the JetBlue ice melt in about five minutes. <laughs> There's a plug. <laughs> Oh my goodness, yeah. All right, I got to run. You guys have a fantastic day. Um, look forward to part two next Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. I think you're going to love the conversation. It's deep and wonderful. You guys have yourself a great rest of the week. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.